I'm Jessica Hutton, and it's Mind Shift Monday. Welcome to the Own Your Singleness Podcast. Today is Monday, and on Mondays, we focus on shifting our mindsets concerning love, sex, dating, relationships, and life in general. Our goal is to challenge you to renew your mind so that you can change your behavior, create the life of your dreams, and prepare for true love. If you're ready, let's shift. Hello, welcome to the Own Your Singleness Podcast. I'm excited about this episode. As you know, this is Thanksgiving week in the United States, and it is what I call the beginning of the big four, the big four holiday season, that is. So we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, we have New Year's Eve, and we have the holiday that ends it for everyone, Valentine's Day. And so when you're single, it can be really challenging to be alone in this time. You get overwhelmed with so many emotions. And quite frankly, you just feel like I don't want to be single this year. I don't want to sit at home. I don't want to go to another party and be asked questions about who who am I dating? Why am I single? All those things. And I just don't want to be alone. I want to challenge us to think differently about this season. I want to challenge us to own our singleness and find a way to live well and thrive during the holiday season and just embrace this season and enjoy it. So I remember (laughs) several years ago, I was single for the first time in a very long time. And my son was with his grandparents, I believe, for the holidays. And so I was literally all by myself. I wasn't going to no parties. Uh, There was no dinners being hosted in my family. It was just like me, myself and I. And I was cool with that. Like it didn't even occur to me that I was single. It didn't occur to me that I didn't have any plans. I was cool with the fact that I was going to be alone for the holidays. And I remember going to the liquor store. Y'all, I got me a 30 pack of Budweiser. And I pulled out all my favorite movies and I was just going to sit there and watch these holiday movies and just enjoy myself. I think I even ordered like Pizza Hut. And so I was sitting here. I had Bridget Jones's diary out. I had, I think I had Home Alone. I had all these movies just piled up in my bedroom and I was going to chill and just watch these movies. And while I was doing that, I felt so good. I was wearing my big old heavy, ugly pajamas. I was cozy in my bed. I was eating my pizza, drinking my beer and watching Bridget Jones struggle with her singleness. And I loved it. And when I look back at that time, I always wonder, why did I feel so content? Why was I cool with just sitting there, me, myself, my pizza, Bridget Jones and my beer? Why was I cool with that? And I think it was because I didn't let it be be a thing. I didn't let being single for the holidays be a thing for me. It was just a fact that there were no events. It was just a fact that I wasn't dating someone. It was just a fact that my son was with his uh, family for the holidays and I was fine. And I think that one of the reasons I was fine too was the fact that I used to party day in and day out. I mean, Monday through Sunday. If I wasn't at the club, I was at the house parties. If I wasn't at house party, I was kicking it with some dude or somebody just randomly throughout the day or night whenever I wasn't working. I was always doing something. So I think that I really enjoyed the peace and quiet. And so I embraced this time. And even though it was the holidays, like I said, it didn't feel like a thing. I didn't feel like I was single for the holidays. I felt like I could finally 
just enjoy my time alone. And so on this Mind Shift Monday podcast, I kind of want to help us get into that mindset, like finding a way to enjoy this time alone. It is a fact that I'm single and it, it may be a fact that you're single for you. But being single for the holidays doesn't have to be a thing that breaks your heart or that devastates you. And so I want to provide a few tips, I think, that will inspire and encourage us to embrace this season for just what it is. It's just a season and figure out how to own this season so that we can have a fantastic big four and just enjoy this time. So the first tip I would say is focus on what you're grateful for. We know it's cliche. People say it all the time. Focus on what you're thankful for. You know, write in your journal all the things that you're that you thank God for. Be your gratitude journal. And it sounds corny, but it works. When you take your attention off of the things that you lack and focus on what you have, when you reframe your experiences that were negative into something positive, when you can find the light out of a dark experience, when you recognize God's goodness, when you keep your eyes on him, when you allow yourself to see how merciful and how kind and gracious and patient and and giving and loving that God has been, it really does change your perspective on your circumstances and the things that you're going through. And you must be intentional about focusing on what you're grateful for, because if you're not, it's really hard to see. This year has challenged many people. And you heard in my last podcast or maybe the one before that where I said I was tempted to jump on the bandwagon and talk about all the ways that 2020 was bad for me. But then I confess that 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 hasn't been my experience. But here's the thing. There were things that didn't go my way this year. There were things that I wasn't happy about, but I knew that I had to own my faith. I believe I mentioned that in the podcast. I decided to own my faith. And I said, you know what, Lord, regardless of my circumstances, I choose to trust you. I choose to acknowledge that you are God, that there was no one else like you. I choose to acknowledge that you are sovereign, that you have everything in control, that my life is in your hands, that you prosper me, that you protect me, that you love me, that you keep me, that you have nothing but good intentions for me, that you have plans to prosper me and give me an expected in a hope and a future. These are the things that I was speaking. I had to keep my eyes on God. I had to allow my mouth to confess God's goodness because if I didn't, I'm not so sure that all the blessings that came forth in my life would have come forth. I'm not so sure that I would even been able to see how God has blessed and moved in my life if I didn't confess how great he is. So yeah, it is corny. I ain't gonna lie. It does feel corny to sit down and write down things that you're grateful for in your journal or to even use an actual gratitude journal. It seems corny. But the thing is, if you can't identify what you're grateful for, If you can't identify what's working in your life, if you can't identify the things that are improving in your life, then it's going to be real hard for you to enjoy not only this season, but to enjoy your life. And it's really going to be hard for you to step into the, the purpose, the calling, the season that God has for you. So definitely be intentional about focusing on what you're grateful for. Even if it's one thing, one thing a day, write it down. There is power in writing. It's one thing to say something, but you can say something and even forget what you said. You can even be praying and find yourself in a prophetic state of prayer and you forget the powerful words that you release. But if you write that down, you can go back to it and you can recall all the good things that you said and you can continue to utter those things and to continue to confess 
like I say, continue to prophesy what God has said. Speak these things over your life. Speak these things concerning how good God is. Speak different things into your circumstances because words create worlds. So demonstrate gratefulness. Show God, tell God that you're grateful, write it down and remember what's working, what's getting better in your life. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is be intentional about loving and appreciating the relationships you have. In my book, I talk about the importance of non-romantic relationships. Singles really need to nurture those relationships with friends, coworkers, community people, all those different things. Our romantic relationships are not the only relationships that we have. And frankly, there's plenty of research to show us that couples, married couples who have um, non-romantic relationships tend to do better in their marriage. The quality of the relationship improves. The relationship satisfaction improves when they have other people that they can count on as supports that they can count on as sort of bookends for their relationship and so when you have somewhere to go when you have other friends that you can spend time with when you have quality family members that you can spend time with outside of your spouse it improves the quality of your relationships and here's the thing What's interesting also is that people who are single who have high quality relationships are more likely to attract high quality spouses and their relationship satisfaction is already predisposed to being more satisfactory, to being more uh, stable and and, um, sustainable. And the thing with that is we tend to put our non-romantic relationships on the back burner when we're actively seeking partnership or when we get involved with someone, but that is, unfortunately, that will result in the detriment of our relationships. So it's very important to be intentional about loving and appreciating the relationships that we have. As I said, that's about embracing your family members. Look, everybody doesn't have a perfect family. A lot of families don't even talk. They don't talk, or if they do talk, there's some shade going on. There's a lot of is is a lot of discomfort. There's unresolved trauma. There's unresolved toxicity. There's all these different things, and so it can be real challenging to be with your family. It can be challenging to even like your family. So I get that. But then there are people in your family that you might be neglecting. The people who actually do care about you. The people who actually do pray for you. The people who actually do want you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Your cousins, your aunt, your uncle, your your grandpa, your grandma, even your mama and your daddy. There's people in your family, your siblings, that may, beyond being your blood family, they want to be your friend. They want to be your confidant. They want to actually be there to support support you. They are looking out for your best interest. They do mean well by you. There are people who make stupid decisions. They make bad mistakes, but it doesn't mean they don't love you. And so we must be intentional about loving and appreciating those who love us. And even those who don't love us very well, even those who we'd rather avoid, maybe we could find a way to just embrace, oh, that's just auntie so-and-so. I love her. You ain't got to spend all your time with her, but just embrace her because you're glad she's here. Unfortunately, Um, In the last year, uh, maybe the last two years, we've had a lot of loss in my family and it it, it has been really heartbreaking. And these, these losses were a surprise. Only one of those deaths in my family was not a surprise per se because she was ill for a very long time. But the losses that we had in my family were very heartbreaking. And unfortunately, we don't really talk about 
those kind of things in my family. We don't express our pain. We go to the funeral, we hug each other, we shed tears at the funeral, but when it's over, there's not really this comfort and this embrace and checking in with anybody to see how they're feeling. But it was really hard for me having lost so many people, my aunts, my uncle, my cousin in the last few years. And it was so unexpected and it just took me back and it just made me, one, think about all the things I was grateful for thankful thankful for when it comes to just life itself the life that God has allowed me to live even when I tempted him by trying to kill myself even when I said many times I didn't want to be here it made me appreciate life it made me appreciate the people who are still alive in my family even if I hadn't spoken to them in years or months it made me appreciate my mom and my siblings and all the people who are here who love me you know what I mean and so it's just like you really have to be intentional about loving and appreciate your relationships because like my family, you just never know when you're going to lose someone. And sometimes it takes loss for us to recognize we got to do better. And I pray that you haven't lost anyone in this year. We know that millions of people have lost someone this year and it's devastating. It's heartbreaking and it's humbling. But I pray that in the midst of all this loss, you can see the light and the love of God. And we find a way to embrace people who care about us and, and, and find a way to forgive and nurture these non-romantic relationships so that we can take them with us and grow together and go from faith to faith and from glory to glory and cultivate family relationships that please God, family relationships that reflect his word, that give him glory. I got to work on that. Not going to lie. But yeah, definitely be intentional about that. And the same thing goes with friendships. We can have friends. You know, people say, you know, the, the, the thing that's beneficial about friends is you get to choose them. We didn't get to choose our families. And we may be very disappointed about who our family is. But you do get to choose your friends. And so if you've decided to choose someone as your friend, then you need to nurture that relationship. You need to love and respect and honor your friend, treat them with dignity, celebrate them, pray with them, pray for them, you know, support them in, in their endeavors, help them when their challenges, don't judge them, don't make them feel small, don't belittle them, don't, don't hate on them, don't envy them, but support them, love them be there. I have neglected several friendships. Like I'm, <laughs> I really need help. Y'all might have to pray for me. I, I'm quick to just ghost people. Literally, I'll ghost family. I'll ghost friends. It's like if I feel tired about something, if I'm tired of trying to work things out, if I don't think that you're going to work with me, I'll be quick to just stop contacting you. It's like I disappear off the face of the earth. And unfortunately, I've lost several friends that way in recent years. And so you must be intentional about nurturing those relationships because when people are there for you that really care for you, I mean, I'm telling you, that's rare. And th think about this. Like I said, you chose those people as your friends. You didn't choose your family, but you chose your friends. And so you got to decide, am I willing to embrace this person and nurture this relationship? And then if so, what am I going to do to make this relationship work? The other thing I would say to help you feel better about being single for the holidays is just do what you want to do. I started out this podcast by telling y'all several years ago how I had me a 30-pack of Budweiser and Bridget Jones and whatever other movies I wanted to watch, and I was chilling. I felt real good about myself. I didn't need to get up and do nothing with my hair, my makeup. I didn't want to. I just had on my outfit, my little pajamas or whatever it was, and I was cozy. I, I really felt so relaxed. I was not sad. I didn't cry. There wasn't nothing to cry about. I just felt good being alone. So if that's what you want to do, then do it. You do not have to go to every party 
that you're invited to. You don't have to participate in every virtual, <laughs> virtual family night event or friends night. You don't have to participate. If you want to do it, if you don't, then don't. You can do what you want to do. That's one of the benefits of singleness. You can do whatever you want to do. You're not obligated to put up with in-laws who don't like you. You're not obligated to try to maintain your calm when there's a bunch of kids running around being disrespectful and acting a fool. You can do what you want to do. So do that. And that means if you want to go to the family party or the family dinner, then go. But go with a smile on your face. Go because you're happy you get to spend time with these people who crack you up, who make you feel good, who love you and you love them back. Do what you want. If you want to rent a movie and just chill. If you want to eat your pizza and drink your wine, then go for it. You don't have to do nothing that you don't want to do. So own your singleness that way. The next thing I would say is learn how to just embrace your feelings, sit in your feelings, feel what you feel, and then love yourself back to life. Love yourself into living well. When I was by myself several years ago watching Bridget Jones, I didn't have no feelings. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel like anything was missing. So I didn't have to love myself back into life. But there have been holidays where I just, I felt devastated. Like I didn't want to be single. I was mad because I didn't have no one to take with me to the holiday event, to the holiday party. That really bothered me. And the thing about it is, I think y'all have heard me say it, feeling that way. I didn't like feeling that way. I didn't like feeling vulnerable, wanting something. I didn't like feeling vulnerable because I wanted a spouse. That I, I just feel like I don't have time for that. There's more important things to worry about. And yet, it doesn't negate the fact that you do feel this way. It doesn't negate the fact that I did feel that way. I, it, it is a fact that I want to be married. It is a fact that I would prefer to spend my holiday with someone who loves me, who's going to be there for me, who has a desire in their heart to become my husband. That is a fact. And so for me to try to deny that fact and the feelings that are attached to it is a disservice to myself because I can't control the fact that I'm single for the holidays and I can't control the fact that this desire is here, one of which I do believe God has put in my heart. I can't control that. I've tried to eliminate it, but it's a fact. And sometimes it makes me feel sad. And sometimes it makes me feel upset. Sometimes it makes me feel annoyed. Sometimes it makes me feel frustrated with God. There's a lot of feelings that go with this. And if any of you have ever struggled with being single, you know what I'm talking about. It will flood you all at once sometimes. And then sometimes you feel perfectly fine. But the thing about it is regardless of how you feel, you got to own your feelings, acknowledge that they're there. And then after you cry, after you pray, after you do whatever it is you need to do to get yourself together, then do just that. Get yourself together. Love yourself back to life. And if loving yourself back to life means doing what you want to do, like I said earlier, then do that. If it means spending time with people who love you in non-romantic relationships, then do that. If it means you do need to continue to pray, pray yourself out of this thing, pray yourself out of these feelings that are trying to, to oppress you, then do that. If it means you need to journal, then do that. Do what you need to do to love yourself back to life. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You don't have to deny your feelings. Let me confess something to you. You know why I initially started writing my book 
on your singleness is because I have seen so many YouTube comments and videos about people who cried and were so just devastated about the fact that they were single. And I would look at their comments and my heart would break for them, but I was also frustrated. I was like, I was still a little judgmental. I'm like, why are you crying? Because you don't have a husband. What are you doing with your life? You need to do something. You need to go work on your career, start a business, lose weight, focus on your goals. Why are you sitting here crying because you're single? This is a horrible waste of time. And so my thought is I'm sick of seeing these women sitting around crying about a man. And you know what? You know why that really bothered me? It's because I had gotten to that place where I too was crying because I was single. And I was like, I will not let this happen to me. I am not going to be one of those women crying because I'm single. I refuse refuse to sit here and just act like my life is over or or hasn't begun because I haven't met a man. No way, Jose. That was my belief. It bothered me so much that I went on this journey to try to figure out what it takes to enjoy your life while you're single, even if you want to get married. And so after doing all the research and doing all the things and just looking into my own experiences and my history leading up to this very moment, I I realized that the people who own their singleness, that is people who live well and thrive, people who focus more on walking in their purpose, people who focus more on doing the best they can with the life that they have, people who demonstrate active contentment, those people position themselves to achieve the very thing that they want, to attain the very thing that they want which includes a spouse. People who focus more on living intentionally and less on finding a spouse are more likely to find a spouse. And not just that, they're gonna, they're more likely to find a high quality spouse. And so I wrote this whole book called Own Your Singleness, How to Live Well and Thrive While You're Single So You Can Love Well and Thrive in Your Future Marriage based on that, based on that idea. Own your singleness, live well and thrive right now because it, imp- it implicates how you will love and how you will live in your future marriage. But I get it. The struggle is real. And I didn't want to be in the struggle. And honestly, to this day, I don't like when I start feeling bad and sad about things. I don't like when I start feeling lonely that I'm just like, no, we cannot do that. But here's the thing. Sometimes I own my feelings and I'm like, you know what, Jessica, you are sad. It's a fact. This bothers you. And I I will cry If the tears come out, sometimes they don't. Most of the time they don't. And then what I always do is pray. If I'm feeling really sad, if I feel heartbroken, if I feel lonely, I pray and I ask God to help me through it. And every time I want to just sit in my bed and be depressed or whatever, I never can. I end up loving myself back to life. And the way that I love myself back to life is by focusing on some type of business endeavor. I'll focus on living love enrichment. I'll focus on my other business, Visionary Blueprints. I'll focus on blogging. I'll focus on podcasting. I'll focus on something else and then I feel better so you don't have to deny how you feel if you sad if you angry if you feel a little anxious frustrated whatever it is own it and then love yourself back to life encourage yourself in the Lord and then you know what the other way that you can live well and thrive own your singleness this holiday season is by acknowledging like this could literally be the last year you're single. See, the good thing about this, which may not be good, may not feel good all the time, but the good thing about seasons is they pass, right? And this season of singleness, if God has ordained for you to be married, this season will pass. If you partner with God, vision for you to be married one day, if you partner with him by faith, partner with him in your speech, partner with him in your behaviors and your choices every day, this season will pass but you may not know the time when you'll be married. And so the thing is, like I've said before, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. So if this could be the last year that you're single, what would you want to do? How do you want to feel? How do you want to 
be in this season where you could literally be single for the last year? What if this is the last Thanksgiving you spend alone? What if this is going to be the last actual literal year as in 2020 is the last year that you're going to be single? How do you want to transition out of your singleness? But let's just say you had a crystal ball and you saw in that crystal ball that your Prince Charming, (laughs) that sounds so corny, but I can't think of nothing else. Your Prince Charming was going to show up on December 21st, 2020. What would you tell yourself to do on this Thanksgiving day, which is on November 26, 2020? What would you tell yourself to do? How would you tell her to be? Do that. Because you never know. He could come on 12-21-20. He really could. And if he does, and he wants to marry you, and you don't spend all your time crying because you're like, oh, I don't want to be single. This sucks. I hate my life. Do you really want to leave singleness that way? Just own it. Act like the thing that you're praying for is on its way. What, what was that podcast I did? I believe the podcast was called Prepare for What You Prayed For. Do that. If this is your last year of singleness, if this is the last holiday that you're going to be single, then act like... The thing you're praying for is coming and prepare accordingly. The last thing I would say, the way you own your singleness for the holidays is to just not make singleness a thing. Like I said, it is a fact that you're single. Let it be that. You know what you do with facts? You just accept them. It's a fact that two plus two is four. We not about to argue about that. There's nothing to talk about. There's no need for a debate. We're not going to cry. We're not going to try to finagle the situation so that two plus two equals five. We're not going to do it. It's a fact. In fact, we just accept them and move on. So if you just acknowledge it is a fact that you're single, then it doesn't have that, that burdensome weight. It doesn't have the weight, the pressure attached to it. It's just a fact. And so when you go to a holiday dinner or you do the little virtual thing that y'all do for the holidays, you don't got to stress about it. You don't even have to go on there and act like you're single. You don't even have to present yourself as though you're the single person. It's just a fact. And you can leave it at that. Here's a, I would love to hear if this has ever happened to you, but if you read a blog or watch a YouTube video about this topic, people always mention What happens? What do you say if somebody asks you, why are you still single? Literally, I'm 35 years old. No one has ever asked me that question, (laughs) ever. And I want to tell people how to respond to that, but I don't know because it sounds sounds ridiculous to me. In real life, no one has ever asked me, Jessica, why are you single for this Thanksgiving? Why are you still single on Valentine's Day? I don't know if that means they don't care. I don't know what they say on Boys in the Hood. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on. (laughs) Either they don't know I'm single, they don't want to show that they know and they're concerned, or they just don't care. And I'm cool with that. But you know what? If somebody does ask you in movie-like fashion while you're still single, then just say, it's just a fact. Why are you still single? Because I haven't met anyone yet. Answer them based on facts. I haven't met anyone yet. I'm still single because the people who approach me, the people who have dated me, the people, all those things, I am not interested in being with them. They were not uh, the quality caliber of the type of person that I would marry. I'm still single because I want to be. I'm still single because I feel like this is what God has called me to be right now. I'm still single for all whatever facts are attached to your singleness. You don't got to be feeling pressure for that. Why is that a pressure I don't get the pressure attached to why are you still single? And who are the people who are asking this question? I want to know that. Who are the people who are asking why are you still single? But like, why are you asking me? What? What? Are, you still single? 
<laughs> my family is full of single women. And that's probably why ain't nobody asking that question. Cause then everybody get put on blast. Mm-mm. She's single, she's single, she's single. And then I have an uncle. He'll, he'll be, he'll be one of those people that will call us old hags. I'm like one of the oldest of my cousins. And so, <laughs> but my uncle will still find a way to call us old hags. Cause we're single. He's crazy like that, but it doesn't matter. That's not a, don't make it a thing. It's just a fact. So you can own your holiday season that way. It's just acknowledging your singleness as a fact. And look, I don't have all the answers. These are just things that occurred to me. These are the things that I actually think about. These are the things that I do. And I just hope that while you have, while we, when we enter into the big four, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day that you own your singleness. This is your time. This is your season. The holidays are just a time that remind us of how much relationships mean to us. And so don't be discouraged because you don't have the romantic relationship that you desire, but be encouraged and thank God that you have relationships with people, family and friends who really do care about you and you care about them. Or at the very least, you want them to be alive. So if they're alive and you're glad that they're alive, then love them and find a way to reconcile those relationships, to rebuild and to nurture quality relationships with people that God has allowed to be in your life. And other than that, I just pray that you live well and thrive this holiday season. I pray that you are safe. I pray that you feel encouraged. I pray that you get to laugh a lot and sing horrible Christmas songs and beautiful Christmas songs. And I pray that you get to spend time with crazy uncles like I have who make you laugh because they have these ridiculous ideas about you being an old hag, even though you're only 35. Enjoy your holiday season. Have a happy Thanksgiving and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in with me today on the Own Your Singleness podcast. My name is Jessica Ann Hutton. Whether this is your first time or if you're coming back for more, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to some great content, have fun, laugh a little, learn, and just feel empowered to live and love well. It would also help if you left a review. I invite you to go wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a comment and review the show. Tell me what you love about the episode or better yet, tell me what you want to hear more about in the future. And then finally, if you'd like to receive daily inspiration, encouragement, and strategies to live and love well. And if you're eager to connect with people who are on a similar journey, then join the Own Your Singleness Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I provided links to each platform in the description. Until next time, live well now and love well daily. God bless.